What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 69. Today with my guest, Joey Mitchell. He's currently the bassist for former guests of the show, Joey Harkham and Ray Rudin, as well as Teen Mortgage, among others. Anyway, uh, I've been seeing him play around town here in Baltimore for definitely a little while now, and I thought it'd be cool to get him his own episode, kind of hear his perspective on things, get his side of the story. Um, I should also mention that Joey specializes in the upright bass, which I feel like kind of sets him apart. Uh, anyway, on this episode, the guys were gracious enough to uh, debut a new Joey Harkham song called Lovin' Arms, which is acoustic, and uh, it'll be featured on Joey Harkham's upcoming acoustic album in a couple months. So, big gratitude and thanks to both of them for sending over the MP3 and kind of getting a, a debut song on here. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, if you're friends or fans of theirs, I hope you dig it as well. Uh, it's a pretty good tune. Uh, as always, thanks for listening and supporting local music. We all really do appreciate it. Hopefully you yourself are doing all right out there. Kind of staying safe, sane, all that stuff. Uh, I think one of us may have forgotten our headphones on this episode, so if you hear a touch of echo here and there, uh, that's probably what happened, but did my best to edit it out. Uh, other than that, feel free to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you might find it. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. Um, again, hopefully this episode finds you well, and uh, if you have new music personally coming out and you are a musician... Uh, feel free to hit me up. There's always a chance we can do an episode. But uh, yeah, other than that, um, hopefully you have a good weekend and uh, getting into the summer groove a little bit. But anyway, here is uh, the new song, Loving Arms. And it's also featured in its entirety at the end of the episode. Isolation's lost its charm and taken its toll. Work ran out along with the alcohol But I believe there's some good in something Times get tough, I know where I'm running to Home is where the heart is, baby I know I can always count on you In your loving arms Yeah, what's going on, man? Oh, uh, all kinds of things. So I'm getting, re- I'm just getting ready for a rehearsal tonight because uh, I'm playing a couple gigs in Ocean City at the end of the month with uh, Bond and Bentley. So I'm oh, getting right those songs down. Where are you guys all playing? electric. Oh, uh, Pickles Pub on the Saturday okay. Memorial Day weekend, and then Sunday day is uh, Riptide. Oh, on nice. the boardwalk. Those are some good gigs, yeah. man. Ocean yeah, City. Yeah, it should be good. And then Saturday before Pickles, I'm playing with Harkham at Riptide Duo. So Duo Saturday, and then full band that night with Bond and Bentley, and then back at Riptide. Probably too much. I'll probably because yeah. I think they're all four-hour gigs. I'll just be hating life. But yeah, only so much as you can be hating Make life down at the beach. <laughs> you know, there's harder gigs in the world. For sure, yeah, I can at tell least you. I'll, be, I'll be able to see the beach from Riptide. Be able to look out and just look at the people. There you go. Yeah, man. 
Well, uh, it's good seeing you again. Long time no see. Yeah, um, right. For people who might uh, be listening, uh, I just saw you the other day at the office bar and grill uh, in Pasadena, the Dina, as it were, uh, playing with Joey Harkham. So, um, yeah, the hometown gig, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I haven't been out there before. It's a nice little uh, honky, honky tonk bar, man. <laughs> I think you're right. You're right the first time. yeah but uh, it was cool man I mean obviously it's good to see live music coming back in a big way and you know it's happening people people being excited to go out for shows and if you're on the flip side of that and you're booking shows uh, they're picking up as well and I know you're playing in like 85 different bands so I can't always keep up but that's kind of why I wanted to like talk to you and and just see because you kind of got your uh, fingerprint on a bunch of different people's music, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of how it has to be as a sideman. Yeah. You know, like, I don't I don't sing. So you got to just, like, you know, you, you can't rely on one person either. Like, you just got to keep things spread out, you know. And if one thing kind of falls through, whatever, like, that's the only way to, to yeah. kind of keep yourself busy. Um, and to make gigs keep on happening. Yeah, for sure. Um so that's yeah i mean that's that's kind of it like i've always kind of had at least like three or four people i can call on you know like so if i get an opportunity you know i had somebody reach out today that had seen mixed business and they're having an opening some kind of grand opening at the end of the month and they wanted to book us you know but like if brian's busy and he's not available i got like well i can recommend these three people that i can play with and and still do yeah um it's kind of how it has to be if you're not a singer yeah, I know. I mean, I uh, I kind of know the struggle, at least, because, like, um, you know, I still, to this day, very much consider myself a guitar player, first and foremost, but uh, a few years ago, I kind of, I don't know, got an inkling, an itch to maybe write some songs, and couldn't quite find a singer, um, so I was like, yeah, might as well write my own and just see how they go and see how they sound. And, right. Um, been fun and rewarding in its own way but uh you know i guess it's also nice on the practicality front because you could sort of just book your own acoustic shows and don't have to really rely on other people so i i can kind of get it right yeah i mean that's that's a constant struggle like you know if i book a gig with mixed business as a duo or i book which is what i did okay so like my wife's due uh on june 13th yeah. Right. So like around that time, you know, she's not going to be working like as of the end of the month, she's not going to be working. Um, you know, there isn't really maternal leave in in most places. Um, yeah. You know, so we're so she's just going to be out, out of work. So I, I can't just be like, well, I'm just going to like not book two months because I don't know when the baby's going to happen. You know, so I got to book these gigs, you know, so there's stipulations I have to do where like. You know, I can't fly out to Colorado the first weekend of June with Joey and, and play those gigs. Like, I just can't be like, you know, yeah. a 24 hour drive away. But, you know, so I booked a bunch of local stuff with guys where like, you know, I think I might have a couple of mixed business things with Brian as a duo or Timmy Metz where it's like, you know, if I got to call them like the half hour before the gig and it's like, you know, I'm going to the hospital, it's going to be fine. Like, yeah, they're like, going to go and play the gig solo, and everything's cool. Or, like, the other way around, I'm, like, scrambling, calling people, can you make the gig? 
you know. Yeah. Um, I had that happen once, man. I was out at God Monk's Barbecue. It was like when uh, you know Swamp Candy came to an end fairly abruptly, and I had to just fill all these gigs or just lose out on all this work. Um, yeah. And because of that, like, I wasn't as on top of being, like, you know, email confirmations and stuff like that. And there was a text um, with a friend of mine about, you know, covering this gig. And I never got that confirmation back from him. Yeah. And, you know, I drove an hour and a half out uh, to play Monk's Barbecue out in Purcellville, Virginia. And, you know you tend to know different people's tendencies. So like, you know, some people will show up like an hour before the gig every time. And yeah. you know, if it's an eight o'clock gig and it's seven fifteen and they're out there, like something's wrong. And this guy would always show up like 15 or 10 minutes, you know, before the gig starts. So it was like, I wasn't really worried until it was like five of, and yeah. I was calling him and he was in DC and he was just like, ah, uh, we have a gig tonight. Oh, I don't, you know, it would have taken him an hour plus to get out there. And the guy, you know, the manager was like, well, can you just do something? And like, you want me to just like walk baselines for three hours? <laughs> like, there's no way this is going to be awful. Um, yeah. you, you, you don't want that. You don't, you know, no, nobody here wants me solo for three hours. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, no. the downside to side mandem. Yeah. I think that encapsulates the struggle a little bit for sure but uh you've obviously found the work man you've got your name out there you've gotten uh a couple different people's ear for sure i mean um i've had teen mortgage on here before outside of uh love that. joey harkham yeah. they were uh, a cool cool little gang there for sure in the the crusty That's punk cool. world yeah, so how'd you how'd you run into teen mortgage because like you know they're more, I guess, kind of like DC scene a little bit. Like, did you know Ed or? Yeah. Well, you know, something about UMBC may have somehow <laughs> entered his subconscious or mine. I mean, I didn't yeah. go there personally, but I obviously have uh, a little bit of affiliation to the place. And um, right. yeah, I don't know. It was probably just Instagram. I don't know who talked to who. Uh, okay. But. It was probably something along those lines. I didn't know him personally up until then. Right. But I know he has a couple other projects going um, at all times. So he seemed like a good person to talk to. Yeah, he's got that and Tired All The Time, which are both great. Yeah. And the video stuff he's done for Tired All The Time is excellent, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, lovely. I think he won an award for that. For the one, uh, I can't think of the name of the tune. But yeah, just like the way he markets that band is incredible. Yeah, yeah like absolutely look up Tired All the Time, like look him up on uh, yeah. Rate. And then like Teen Mortgage is just my favorite thing he's ever done. Like yeah. Ed and I go back, drummer from Teen Mortgage, uh, to sixth grade. He doesn't remember. And I will forever hold that against him. But in, uh, in, in college, I found him on Facebook and we, we reconnected. And started kind of playing together a little bit there and like working out together a little bit and yeah. just kind of like maintained a friendship uh, since then. And then it was like, you know, with Teen Mortgage, I always loved Teen Mortgage when he started doing that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, luckily there were like a couple of opportunities for me to play with them last year. There was like a, a live stream, then a couple like outdoor shows. Yeah. And uh, got to get an electric bass on and, and man, that was, that was so much fun.
Yeah, um, dude. Hopefully I mean, it gets to happen again. And of course, speaking of the the working out and, and the gym and stuff, both of you guys are looking a little, uh, you know, a little swole these days. Dude, Ed's 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 a strong guy. Ed yeah. always has been. Ed kind of got me into it in college. We would go to the gym at, at UMBC, and he yeah. would like he would train me a little bit. But um, yeah, like he bought a nice rogue rack when all the gym shut down, and I yeah. started going over there with him. And then I ended up getting getting one myself to have at the house. But yeah, that yeah. guy can put up. I think he benches like three plates. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, he's he's probably more there. He's he's a big dude. I don't know, you know, what I know more about him now from Instagram: his lifting or his music. I mean, and, uh, both are both are oh, equally uh, entertaining or impressive, I guess, depending how you want to look at it. Yeah, man, I gotta move a piano up some stairs in like a week and a half, and I'm totally calling that dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like he's... first call him and my buddy Timmy. I gotta get, yeah. I gotta get my my big friends over. Do you uh, play piano, or is that just sort of an ornament for the house? Oh, no. I mean, I haven't. Like, it was really over uh, COVID. I kind of started practicing guitar more. Yeah. um, And having fun with that, getting into different effects and things. And piano has kind of gone by the wayside. But um, I'm building this studio above my garage. And uh, it's got to go up there. And basically, like, the front room of that is I want to make it as close to, like, university practice room as possible because I'm so easily distracted. Like, the room I'm in right now... Yeah. Um, is my current practice room, but it's got my iMac in it. So, like, I'll be in the middle of something, and all of a sudden, you know, like, oh, I got to email this person, I got to do this, and I just go to the computer. I'll be, like, in the middle of running, like, a scale warm-up or something, and it's like, I'll just stop and do something else, and then I'm distracted for half an hour. So I want to yeah. have this room that's nothing but, like, amps and the piano and guitars. as little technologies I would need to, like, practice in there. Um, so the piano is going up there, and hopefully in that circumstance, I can get a little more piano in. That and like, you know, if I get home from a gig or something, my wife's asleep, I can't, I can't play it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good to have a little space like that. I have a funny uh, sort of anecdotal story uh, surrounding the other halves and practicing, if you will. My uh, old guitar teacher, who shall remain nameless for the sake of this story, he uh, he claims that uh, once upon a time. He wanted to practice late at night, and uh, I guess somehow in his mind he thought it was um, okay to just bring the guitar to bed. So he wanted to practice his modes and his shreds or whatever his uh, his scales there in the middle of the night in bed uh, with with the other half. I I think she may have even been asleep, <laughs> and I think the relationship ended. Uh, <laughs> promptly there shortly after um at least the way he tells it and uh, i don't know if that's what he was going for but i was that's like that's a good uh, way to do it man i was like yeah oh, man i've never heard of anyone having the audacity to to pull that one but yeah practice when done correctly has got to be one of the most annoying things for anyone to listen to like i yeah. feel bad when my wife's home because you're just repeating shit. You're just like oh, yeah. taking the same, especially me, you know, like, um, you know, you tend to do the best and make the most progress when you really break things down into their core. Yeah. You know, if I'm working on a, on a scale or a piece and, you know, four notes of it are, the, are where my trouble spot is and I'm continuing to run the whole piece, 
Yeah. Um, I'm not going to see the improvement where if I take those four notes out and just really focus on those for a yeah. half an hour, which you can imagine how mind <laughs> like numbing killing that can be for somebody else. Oh um, yeah. Especially no. like transcribing, you know, like I'll sit here and play an example at half speed on an amazing slowdowner app for like, no. you know, it's like a three second clip. And my wife is just like, you got to stop. Yeah. No, they, they definitely, I think universally do not appreciate that. I think, uh, I think the number one uh, comment I hear is like, whenever you're playing, you just play the same thing over and over again. It's like, well, I uh, need to learn this Black Crows solo. And if I don't play it a hundred times, I definitely won't be able to play it when I'm drunk later on, you know, right. during the set or whatever. That's so. how you have to do it. Practice is uh, terrible to listen to. Exactly. Yep. But I'm sure that's what the listeners came here to uh, to hear. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't now, know. Uh, I will practice, yeah, the four notes of this mode over and over and over again with yeah. the bow. That'll be mostly out of tune. And you can hear... No, this is just uh, a podcast for musicians, I hope. So I hope people get a little kick out of it, you know, um, once in a while. Um, and obviously, whether people are friends or fans of uh, Harkham's or yours, I don't know. Like I said, you're, you kind of got a, a couple different ships sailing at this point. So I kind of wanted to yeah, get Harkham. you. I kind of wanted to get you in the limelight a little more because, like, you know. I don't know much about you personally, obviously, and then I just don't know how much other people know. Like, I feel like you're you're kind of pushing things uh, from not quote unquote behind the scenes, but slightly stage left of the scenes, <laughs> if you will. You know. Yeah, man. It's like it's like, never my name on the marquee, right? It's exactly. Always, it's all, and it has happened like a couple times, not really accidentally. But I remember there was one spot like in, in Florida that I played with Mixed Business a couple times. And they knew me from that. And I booked uh, Swamp Candy there. But because the people yeah. that had seen me before like knew me, it said mm -hmm. like Joey Mitchell with Swamp Candy. And yeah. oh man, I like relished in that shit. That was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for once, yeah. the bass player, <laughs> the name of the bass player is on the is on the marquee. It's amazing. But, Hell um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to where to begin um well with well. any of that i mean I, like you know like outlook as a sideman kind of thing or projects i've been a part of um i mean harkham's definitely the the main thing now and that's going to yeah. be you know like the main touring act and where my energy goes yeah um you know but i think that's really the only touring act that I'm really playing oh. with now. Yeah. Um, Harkham's, you know, Harkham. and, I, and I hope to kind of wrap up like where I left off with Swamp Candy. I'm kind of hoping to bring him into that mix as far as like UK tours and Europe tours and things like that. Um, oh, I had nice. a UK, I had a UK tour an Ireland tour booked for us last May, which obviously got, got, got canceled like yeah. a whole month, like book solid tour. I remember uh, talking to him right when that happened on this podcast and, that was about the time he picked up the job with Amazon because he was like, damn it. I went from like touring uh, Ireland and, and the UK to, you know, delivering uh, Bezos gifts on the truck. And <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, yeah, that's 
Sometimes the way she goes, I guess, you can't really control everything, but he's always seemed to have a pretty good attitude about stuff oh, as far as I, I mean, can just tell. What he did there, right? So like everything happened. Um, you know, baby on the way and yeah. I don't think he collected unemployment or anything at all. He was like yeah. all right, I wanna get up, like I'm good at driving a van. I'm going to go, yeah. you know, my buddy's got this job. They're paying a little bit extra right now because of hazard pay. I'm going to go work for Amazon, you know, 40 hours a week yeah, delivering stuff. And he went and did that really until, like, they were, you know, the hazard pay thing only lasted so long. And then gigs picked up enough for him for, you know, last year, summertime and later, it was really just like a solo man's game, right? Like, yeah. the bars, all limited capacity. Yeah, uh, you could only, you know, they could only afford so much so they could afford solo guys. And I could kind of get in there for like tips or a little bit extra when I could. But once he kind of was able to make it back doing that and then like the live streams were also really, really helpful for that, too. Um, he was able to do that. But yeah, man, I mean, he's just like she hit the fan. He's like, all right, I'm going to go get a job and and do other things. Um, yeah very respectable thing to do you know i mean um the idea crossed my mind like probably around like in the winter time um i think i was like listening to npr and they were talking about like how much longer things could possibly go yeah i was just like man maybe i just gotta like you know hit up my parents they own a small business and they could probably use me over there and yeah you know, but I was like making enough teaching online and making enough with like the few gigs I had that like it wasn't worth it to me to pull myself out of music, yeah, and pull myself out of practice and go do something where like I'm gonna go for eight hours a day and then get home and just be done and like watch TV, right? Like I I, I didn't want to pull myself out of music. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing, man. Like. You're such a purist, which, like, I admire and can obviously uh, see from, you know, just watching you play and stuff like that. I've always uh, maybe been a little scared of being a purist myself sometimes at times because I'm like, you know, I always got one foot in the work world and, and like, you know, one foot in uh, the stuff that I love to do, you know, the, the passionate stuff like music. And uh, I don't know, I, I never really have known what it would be like because like i don't know worked with the fire department i was a you know or paramedic uh working working through the uh the old pandemic as it were so you were a paramedic uh, in the pandemic yeah that's it's funny that when you mentioned hazard pay for joey i was like we didn't get didn't hazard get pay <laughs> <laughs> i was like shit up man that's not fair wasn't uh wasn't but. david lee roth a paramedic for a little bit like new york city or something Nah, I mean, I, I, David, think, I think he like like after Van Halen, like he he just oh, okay. wanted to do that job. Yeah, I um, mean, could have been firefighter, EMT, paramedic. Fun fact, I guess, about paramedic versus EMT that almost none of the public knows is like a paramedic is more like a RN. It's like a two year degree thing, and a EMT is more like a six month course. And um, uh, okay, I don't know. I just feel like that's my public service now, or public service uh, thing. That's good for, to know. I didn't know like, that. Because it's like if a paramedic shows up and you're hurt, um, they can actually give you like painkillers and stuff. And if EMT shows up, they could splint you and take you to the hospital. 
but you can't get any, like any quote unquote uh, drugs until you get to the hospital. Usually, generally speaking, I mean, there's there's some uh, gray area there, but I don't know. I just feel like always mentioning that once in a while because it. Uh, That's good, just, man. Yeah, like um, I guess it's kind of a similar thing with people thinking that I play a cello all the time. Yeah. Um, that's like, that's, that's my, you know, public service announcement is it's, it's yeah. bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like almost every gig. Like people like make bets on it, like constantly. It's like once a week, they're like, Hey, my buddy over there, you know, he thinks it's a bass. I think it's a cello. What is it? I'm like, it's yeah. And every time yeah. you see a bluegrass band, you know. Yeah. And for people who yeah. listen, who don't know you, you play a upright bass a lot. Yeah. Upright bass is the main thing. And, um, you know, getting back into it. Like, I started on electric, and then yeah. really, like, once you play upright, you know, upright players are a lot, like, fewer and further between. So, yeah. you know, if you're, if you do well at that, I mean, that's another thing. Like, you pretty much always have a gig, but that's what the calls end up being for. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's really why I got the Harkham gig. Um, yeah. That's what made Swamp Candy what it was. And, like, uh, you know, last night, I don't know. I feel like I'm a disappointment when I bring the electric bass out. And that's what I did. Cause like tonight I got rehearsal with Ray, it's full band rehearsal. And, um, you know, I'm playing electric bass for the, for all those, for those couple of gigs. So last night for that, like office gig that we do, I brought the electric out and it just felt like, I don't know. I it's, it doesn't feel the sound, at least in a duo situation, doesn't feel the sound out the same way. Well, I mean, not to break it down further, but it probably goes a lot deeper than even uh, you realize. I mean, right? I feel like when you're playing an upright bass, that I say this as someone who's never played one. Um, I feel like watching you play, man, it's almost like you have a dance partner going. Like, it's like a, not only an instrument, but a prop or whatever. It's like a whole different vibe. I think it props me up. I was thinking, because, like, <laughs> last night I was playing electric bass, and I realized, like, halfway through the night, I'm, like, leaning up against the wall the whole night. And I don't know if it's, like, yeah. I'm just used to leaning up against this big bass, you know, on the ground. But, yeah. I, like, it felt weird to, like, stand up on my own. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, when you're performing, like, you want to be in it, and you want to, you want the people watching you to have a good time, and you yeah. want to be you know, showing that you're having a good time. And, you know, I do get that feedback a lot. It's like, man, we're watching you. And it seems like, you know, you're just having so much fun up there. And, you know, usually I am. But at the same time, it's good to, like, project that. Because if you look yeah. and who the fuck, who is going to, like, watch you and want to watch you? Like, exactly. you know, if you're, not, if you're not entertained by what you're doing, then, you know, or at least, like, in it. Yeah, man. I mean, body language is always highly underrated, at least at first when people are playing or in bands and stuff. They they don't really probably think about it consciously as much as after you've been doing it for a while. You're like, I really got to work on my moves. I got to work on my, my stage presence and all that stuff, you know, like because it really does matter. And like whether I'm the person singing, I feel like I do notice it more maybe when I'm singing in a band, but either way. If I'm not singing and I'm not the front man, like I feel like I'm like I have all this extra like time and like all this extra I don't know energy to just like go all out and just I don't know have a bigger presence within the show 
just um, I don't know stage wise like it's weird and then likewise if I look over my shoulder and I'm singing and somebody else is like really rocking out like it amps me up you know so I think it's important for yeah. the band and the crowd um, if you can kind of amp each other up a little yeah man I mean make it a performance exactly right? give people a reason to not just want to listen to your record like exactly. give them a reason to want to like drive out and actually like see you make music live absolutely um, speaking of what you just said there uh, like seeing a record or whatever um, I think I talked to Joey once and he said that he thought that um, like a record was like a flyer for a show I don't know if he ever mentioned that to you but I thought that was interesting because that was the first time I heard anyone describe a record that way I'm not saying it's good or bad I just I never really thought of it that way I guess it depends I mean um, I mean maybe now more than ever right because like there's less money in recording so like before yeah. you know you put out a record and the tour is like in support of that record and you want to like people to go out and buy the record but that's not really a thing anymore. So like, you know, the money now is in performance. So like if you put out a record, yeah. you want that record to be shared and it's on somebody's Spotify playlist and they hear you and they're like, oh man, I love what this guy's doing. I want to go pay 20 bucks to go see him. Yeah. And listen to him for free. Um, so yeah, that probably makes sense more. Yeah, more now than, now than ever. Um, it's, my, I don't know. I mean, let, let's see. Like always, kind of saw it that way. Like even when you were when you're really like selling your music, um, yeah. You know, like back in the Pasadena days. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe did, maybe not. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because I, I guess I'm the type of person that puts a lot of energy and thought into the recording process, and I'm not saying he doesn't, but I, I don't know. It uh, it opened my mind I mean, maybe a little. He's different, you know, so like I can only go off of like my experiences, right? So like with him, mm -hmm. um, it is kind of like get in, track it, get out. If it's not yeah. perfect, we're not going to dwell on it, you know, and, it's, <laughs> and I, you know, like with Swamp Candy, it was like the opposite thing. And like I yeah. like really wasn't involved that much in the recording process with that because it was like... Um, Ruben's baby in a way it was like you know he's gonna deal with all the, like the, the the first album we did was very much raw and like what we were like live and like the last two were much more of like him sitting in the studio and, and and his production and it was like it was almost it felt pointless to me to like really like go in and try to be an active part because it was like just yeah. what he wanted uh, like I I really it would have just been like arguing and arguing yeah and it would have just kind of been pointless I thought where like and and it it didn't need me there. Like he had what yeah. he wanted to do in his mind, and he, and, he, and he did it. Where like with Joey, it could go the other way. So like this last record, um, there were songs that were sprung on me that I didn't really have enough practice or time to play with. Um, and I thought, man, like some of it was like like bow stuff, and it was just yeah. like out of tune. It was awful. And at the time, it was you know sold to me like, well, just go ahead and run, and we'll see what happens. If it's not good, it's not good. And then I got like, you know, we get like the lineup for what the record's going to be. And I see those songs on there and like I hear the, you know, like the, the mixes or whatever. 
and I'm like, oh no, there's no way. Like yeah. this is this is gonna be uh, if this thing goes on the record the way it is, this is terrible. Like how can you not hear? Um, yeah. So I paid to go in, and it wasn't much, but I, I paid. I was like, I want to go back in and track these three songs. And if I gotta go and like pay for the studio time myself. I'm going to do it because I'm not happy with how this like reflects on me. Like I think, you know, yeah. I wasn't ready. So I like, you know, practiced and went back in and, and tracked those tunes and even like, you know, listening back to it now, I kind of feel like, I mean, the record's great. Like I love the new record. Um, and I'm excited for that acoustic album to come out too. That'll be in, in a, in a few months. And that song I sent you love and arms yeah. is going to be on that. Yeah. And that's not out yet. Um, but I Sweet. called Joey before we did this, and he said it was cool that that was going to be on the on the podcast as kind of like a debut sort of thing. Um, Sweet. But yeah, I think the the next one I might try to be a little more involved, um, or try to maybe work with production a little bit more. Like I'm, you know, hopefully upstairs in that you know studio that I'm going to have, I will be able to track and stuff and demo things up there too. In the other room, um, so hopefully we can start kind of like getting some of that stuff together yeah i mean there's a bunch of ways i could take this conversation probably at this moment i mean uh one thing i will say is like uh uh as far as session work goes obviously i, I may even be hitting you up because i'm always looking for people <laughs> who want to just try stuff um i'm really not too particular in that realm but um yeah i was also yeah, and gonna... once i can track at home it'll be a lot easier yeah i mean if you already got... like drive to yeah, so once I have that up there. Exactly. Like, um, I recently got um, just a basic DI, which, I don't know, I guess prior to the pandemic, I just was not really interested in recording or tech stuff. I was just like, I'll just go to the studio and do my best. But now I'm, like, obviously trying a little harder. And uh, what I realized is, like, wow, you can do so much with so little. Like, um, like tech-wise, you don't even need the fanciest gear. Like now I just track guitar solos and send them off to people. And I'm like, you know, I hope it works for you. I hope you like them. And if you do, you know, slap them on there because the uh, studio engineer can do whatever kind of fancy effects they want to it. And I don't even have to touch it, you know, EQ wise. Um, so it's kind of interesting there. And then um, I guess I was going to ask you too about uh, like working with Ray a little bit too, Ray Roden. Um, because uh, I, I really liked his song Jigsaw, and obviously you have a, a little bit of a part in that for sure. And I was just curious, like if you had a, a you know, uh, input with writing with him, or you know, if he's kind of a different creature, or how that all works out. I mean, we we haven't worked, you know, so like, um, Harkham and I have been playing together for probably two two years about um you know and touring and like i became a part of that band probably like a year year and a half ago um and i met both of them actually at the office like you know i've been a part of that like annapolis music scene forever but it was still kind of divided i guess like i was more i don't know I, i played castle bay and downtown a lot with mixed business um yeah and Stan and Joe's and like all those kinds of venues. And I felt like those guys were more centered around the whiskey. You know, like when that was the yeah. thing, like, like Pasadena and bond and Bentley and even like, you know, Brandon Hardesty bumping uglies. 
and all those bands were kind of more there and uh you know grill lincoln's and i was just kind of like less in that scene in more of like the downtown or like you know west street kind of kind of scene um so i didn't even meet those guys until a couple years ago and they did monday nights at the office and my wife and i would go to a pilates class and then we go yeah. right afterwards and eat half price chicken wings at the office <laughs> and watch yeah. watch them and uh you know i started talking to joey because i had the i had the ramshead gig on tuesday nights with swamp candy and ruben was trying to do less bar gigs at the time so yeah i was like the one he was holding out on and i really wanted to keep that gig man i love that tuesday night show yeah and i got jordan sokol from pressing strings to do half of them with me and then i talked to joey about doing the other half and then you know so i so i kind of started playing the office with joey is kind of like a way to rehearse huh. um you know they would throw me like a little bit of money extra to come up and play with them and i would just really just play Joey's sets and just to work to get his songs down. And then it yeah. wasn't until like pandemic and when that gig came back, it was just Ray. Cause it was like limited capacity, limited money. They couldn't afford, you know, to hire both people. Um, so then I started doing the Mondays with Ray, which is great because, you know, and he would, he hired me to do that. Um, a couple of recordings like that, that one song, which was just him sending me the song and me coming up with a part and going and tracking it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it's great because I know a bunch of his material. I've played a ton of three hour gigs with him at, at by this point. If he yeah. needs me to come and play a Bond and Bentley gig or whatever else, or he just needs a side man, like he can call on me. You know, if I have, if I need somebody to play a three hour gig, the more names I have that I can pull from to, you know, to cover gigs with me or to put a book gigs with me it's it's great um yeah so really it's just like the monday nights i have with ray and then a couple of recordings and charles cavusi did the video yeah it was um, good for that song yeah i thought it came out great yeah that was fun it's like meet me at the arcade before it opens yeah. <laughs> and shoot a video and i was like yeah got some quarters i was like i'm, I'm playing pinball in the background with some of those shots yeah. Like, just because I'm hanging out playing pinball, and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's great. Like, it works." I'm like, all right, I'll keep yeah. on having fun. Yeah, man. Well, I think yeah, um, I think like most people who are kind of in your shoes, um, you know, you kind of have that like mercenary mentality where it's kind of like, I don't know, who needs me for their army, you know, tonight, so to speak. But, um, you know, you get your favorites and you get, uh, I don't know, you just, uh, you get your groove with somebody and it starts working. So, um, I don't, I don't think you're alone there, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, it might be important to kind of talk about, like, how to make it kind of work. Like, yeah, I think, um, so like all these different people I play with aren't necessarily calling me. Right. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, the, all you know, the, the, the work that I have are, is people like banging down my door to like have me play bass form or anything. Like a lot of it is just the fact that, um, 
I'll book the gigs, right? It's like having something to offer. And I think that's an important thing for someone who's in my position to do and to be willing to yeah. do, right? Um, so it's one thing, you know, it's one thing for me to hit up Ray or Timmy Metz or, Brian or whoever and be like, hey, let me know if you need me for anything. Let me know if I can yeah. like, hey, can I play on that gig? I see you're playing here. You know, because yeah. then it's like yeah. them paying out of pocket, them having to go to a bar owner and ask for more money to have me. It like puts them in a weird spot where if yeah. I say, hey, are you available to play with me on this date, this bar for this much money? And it's a yes. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm having something to offer. And I think yeah. that's something a lot of side men, you know, people kind of miss is they're kind of like sitting around waiting for a call as opposed yeah. to getting out and doing the booking it, um, themselves. And it's also kind of led to me like you know, booking that Whole Foods or, you know, all those grocery store gigs for a while that like were great, paid great. And hopefully they come back soon um, yeah. when COVID's kind of like even more over, um, you know, and even booking at a White Oak Tavern. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And like having something to offer. Um, so, yeah, it's it's important to kind of go out and get it, I think. And, you know, if you're if you're good at what you do, it absolutely helps. But you know, having something to offer as opposed to like asking for something. Yeah. No, I think, I think you gotta be active in it all, uh, no matter what, uh, role you're playing. And, uh, obviously I think most bands probably lucky to have you, you know, Harkham and everybody included. Cause, uh, like I said, you gotta kind of got the, uh, I don't know. You have a, a different presence, you know, than the average, Average uh, for hire bass player, you know what I mean? You know, I, I feel like so lucky to have found Joey. Really, I mean that just worked yeah. out beautifully. Like you know, Swamp Candy was over. I was a free agent, and we had just kind of started playing together. And he kind, you know, he kind of needed, he kind of wanted to have an upright bass player in his band, um, and to have something that was already that successful to kind of fall into. It was great. I mean, he does great. He has good draws all around the country. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like we're also like the same age. We're in the same kind of spots of our lot. You know, like we live yeah. 10 minutes away from each other. You know, I have a baby due in a month. You know, he had Nathan about five and a half months ago. Like we're yeah. just both in like the similar stations of life. He's a real great guy, like easy to get along with. Like we don't really, I think we've had one argument and you know, the next morning we're like on the phone apologizing to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like a really good yeah. relationship, you know? Um, so yeah, it's great. It's been really oh. good, good playing with him and being friends with him and yeah. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you talking to me. Uh, typically I, I start winding these things down a little bit, but, um, before we go, I mean, uh, usually I ask, you know, like if you got any shout outs for, uh, people who might want to listen or people you think might be listening, you know, stuff like that, or just whoever, um, I don't know if you got anybody, but <laughs> I don't know. And there's like this feeling this is going to be like the lowest rated podcast. Like, oh, you got the bass player from Joey Harkin band. Oh, you're digging. You're digging. <laughs> hey. Uh, no. Who's ever willing to listen to me for an hour? Thank you. I appreciate it. I... 
So, this is a, a podcast for the everyman. This is not a podcast for the uh, bona fide rock stars, as it were. I am not uh, out there trying to hunt down, I don't know, whoever's popular or famous, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my favorite songwriter uh, for Philadelphia, after he died, uh, the best compliment I felt like everyone was giving him was like, he was like, or they said, well... You know, he kind of just made us feel like our own heroes in our own lives through his songs. And I was like, okay, I don't know of a better real compliment than that, than just, I don't know, trying to make people feel like heroes of their own life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. It's like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, so I'm, you know, I hope you feel heroic, but uh, no, not really. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I just mean like, I don't know it, this isn't, uh, if you want to go listen to the guy from Blink-182 or, or whoever's famous now, I'm getting old, so I don't even know, but, um, just some famous yeah, singer, out of it. There, there's a podcast for that. Um, and you can definitely go listen to it, but this is not that, you know what I mean? This is just to kind of help out the local scene. I don't know. I, there's too many friends of mine that have good music that just no one will ever listen to. And it's just like, this is one extra way to maybe get a couple extra ears, you know? No, it's great, man. And, um, you know, so, right. I sent you a couple tunes. Um, yeah. The one I was kind of excited for, yeah, I sent you the, the wave for was uh, the song Love and Arms, which is a song Joey wrote. Yeah. And, um, I really loved that song, and yeah. he originally tracked it when we did the record, um, just by himself. And nice. I was like, I I want to, and when I went back and paid to go track a couple days before, I spent some time with it, and I, I kind of heard like a bass part in the vein of Bright Eyes, uh, Wide yeah. Awake, It's Morning, and I really wanted to put it on there. Um, so I'm proud of how that turned out. It's not like a super complicated bass part or anything, but I feel like um, I just love how it sounds with the song, and I love that song. And this yeah. this will be the debut of that tune. It's probably not going to be released for another few months. Um, Harkham's going to put a uh, an acoustic album out. So that'll be well, out. And I I think Jigsaw was probably on the Ray Roten one, but I put the link for that. Yeah. Because um, it has me on electric and doing bow. Nice. Um, put storyboard and burn it down burn it down was like a, a single joy put out and that's all bow stuff that's all yeah. upright with the bow and storyboard is electric and fun um, yeah man well i mean i'm honored to tell joey and uh obviously yourself thanks for uh, having a little debut on this thing but uh no i mean i i listen to you guys relentlessly uh and you too i mean whether you're playing with ray or or harkham um the storyboard album, man. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely on repeat for me. You guys and uh, and uh, Kavusi, I felt like did a he took another little level up guitar playing wise. Um, so he's great, I thought, man. Yeah, he's I, excellent. So multi talented. Yeah, I thought the whole thing kind of came together uh, pretty well. So um, if it's just if the you beginning, need, man, I can't wait to do more. Um, you know, you definitely have a couple extra hundred. Uh, Spotify spins um, coming from my account 
for sure. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you'll see any royalties from that, but uh, you know, trying to help spread the word a little bit. Yeah. So that's great. I think we'll see you Sunday um, at Red Eyes, right? You were saying. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, I think I'll be coming back from uh, Ocean City uh, myself that weekend. So it'll be perfect. Right. Uh, I think it's like an afternoon gig, right? Three to seven, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably be uh, cruising through and pretty tired of traffic at that point. So right. it'll be it'll be time for a crush and, uh, you know, a little uh, Harkham crooning to kind of reinvigorate us. <laughs> All right. Well, sounds good. So. We'll see you there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Have a good rest of your evening. All right. Cheers. Later. So, yeah, I want to thank Joey Mitchell for coming on the episode, and I want to thank you for listening if you made it this far. The song you're hearing in the background is called Love in Arms by Joey Harkham, and it should be out in a couple months here. But anyway, I hope you have a good week, and thanks for listening. Isolation's lost its charm and taken its toll The work ran out along with the alcohol But I believe there's some good in something Times get tough, I know where I'm running to Home is where the heart is, baby I know I can always count on you In your loving arms In your loving arms, my dear I have no fear I know it's bad, it will get worse But what can I say? We got food on the table and a baby on the way I can't say that I don't feel lucky I work for love and I take it day by day Forever's just a word I know but Lord, I hope this feeling never fades Cause in your loving arms In your loving arms, my dear I have no fear